Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. You know what? When in doubt, just get to work. LeBron taking no days off, working on his core, or perhaps a second career as a ninja, or as a lead in the remake of The Last Dragon, which should happen. No, it shouldn't. My abs hurt just watching that. Both my abs, that is. Can the Cavs, can they still add to their core with the front office in flux? Is Phil really that foolish for shopping poor Zingab? Why are the Bulls blowing up the phones shopping Jimmy Butler? What's good? Welcome to the best 60 minutes of your day. While the best player in the world continues to work on staying in shape, could a Paul George deal with the Lakers be taking shape, Jamal? Uh, in this NBA streets, the survival of the fit and only the strong survive. R.I.P. Prodigy. Like what you did there. Uh, according to Ramona Shelburne and Mark Stein, the Pacers and Lakers have engaged in trade discussions involving Paul George. Per their report, the Lakers have drawn a line in the sand and are un- unwilling to part with either their number two pick this year or Brandon Ingram, their number two overall pick last year. First, it seemed like the Lakers' approach was to just wait it out until Paul George became a free agent. But after the rumors started that the Cavs, Celtics, Clippers, Wizards, Rockets, all pursuing deals for Paul George, uh, even if it meant he was just a rental, I guess the Lakers decided to pick up the phone. Um, you think that's how it's played out? I mean, look, all these teams all of a sudden are coming after Paul George or at least once the Pacers made it known that, hey, anybody can have them. Maybe this is what spurred the Lakers into action. But it's, it's I don't see, see it like that. You don't see it that way. I, I, look, if you're the Lakers, let the Pacers play themselves. Don't let them play you. What I don't understand is why the urgency for Indiana. Like, this could not have come out of nowhere, Paul George's infatuation with Los Angeles. That was the worst-kept secret in the league. So if you let it go this long, why are you putting this deadline of the draft to move him out of town if you're Indiana and, and leaving yourself with even less leverage. Is, is this one of those, I know that you know that I know that you know that we have no leverage. So let me f- have this artificial deadline to maybe make you feel desperate with all these rumors that you're talking about, desperate enough to want him now versus perhaps losing him in a year if, if things change and make you come up off of the number two pick or Brandon Ingram. If you're the Lakers, you hold steady in that position. We are not giving up Brandon Ingram or the number two pick this year. We really don't want to give up you know, um, Randall or, or uh, D'Angelo Russell or even Jordan Clarkson if we don't have to. If they just want to give them Paul George, that's one thing. But if you're the Lakers, you want L.A., L.A. will still be here a year from now. Do not let the Lakers play you and make you come well, up with those premium assets. Indiana, oh, play. Indiana play you, excuse me, yes. Look, I just feel like, especially I think once the Cavs, that name got involved, and I guess to, a, to some degree also Boston, I think the Lakers – I don't want to say they panicked a little bit because uh, obviously I don't know that, but I don't blame them so, for sort of coming off their position a little bit and thinking like, hey, okay, let's just be real about this. If Paul George goes to play with LeBron and then all of a sudden uh, his eyes are open in a different way, even though he's told all these teams that he fully in- intends to become a free agent, then maybe things change. I am with you generally. Like, I don't think the Lakers – look, if they want to take – I'll say this. Here's the compromise. If they want to take, say, Julius Randle, I would even say Clarkson. I would throw him in that mix. I would say everybody but Brandon Ingram and the number two pick uh, this year, if they want to have at any of the combination of somebody to get Paul George, fine. But that brings me back to Indiana. If you're Indiana, why do you want anything but that? 
Like, right. it feels like if you let, draw this thing out to the deadline, there's a difference to me between getting something for Paul George and taking or accepting anything for Paul George. And anything short of number two or Ingram, you're accepting anything you can get from the Lakers. Am I reading the article or information differently than you? Because you keep saying that the Lakers panicked and picked well, up the phone. Maybe not panic, but it just... I, I see this as the Pacers saying, you sure? <laughs> I mean, we got Cleveland on the other line. We got, you know, Boston on the other line. Are you sure, Magic, you want to mess around? Jump. I get it. That's kind of how I read it. Well, and, and look, the, if, if you're if you're there if you're the Pacers, the, the, the trade partner you probably want is L.A., given the fact that they do have such uh, good young pieces mm-hmm. and you know that they have this number two pick. Because, look, as it stands with Cleveland, yeah, that would mean Kevin Love uh, more than likely. And, of course, it seems like based off the reports, they would need a third team involved. You're not building anything around Kevin Love. So, of course, they want to, again, start from scratch and really kind of blow this thing up and, and start with a, a good young piece. So I get it. But, again, if, if you're L.A., do you want to – can you stomach and be okay with the fact that Paul George may wind up in a Cleveland uniform yes. next year? Yes, yes, because you don't know what LeBron's doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's whispers about what LeBron may do after that. If he wants L.A., wait this thing out. Do not play yourself like the Knicks did with Melo. Uh, if you're the Lakers, you have no incentive to bail the Pacers out by, get, by helping them salvage a right. situation that they screwed up. I will say this, though. The other teams are interesting real quick. We talked about the Cavaliers. Everybody knows the Clippers need to up, upgrade at the three spot. Washington? Washington's out there. That, that that's the one that, like, for, for what? For who and for what? If Washington were to get Paul George, they were already on the cusp of maybe challenging Cleveland. They think they could have given Cleveland more of a run than Boston, obviously, did not in the playoffs. That's the intriguing name that just got mentioned. All right, let's go back to Cleveland, though. LeBron, he tweeted that if nobody appreciated you, Griff, I did. Hopefully all the people of Cleveland. Thanks for what you did for the team for three years. We got us one. Dan Gilbert gave LeBron a heads up though didn't consult him on this decision, which has a lot of people feeling like it did damage, not only more damage to the relationship, but hurt their chances of keeping LeBron after this year. Are you one of those people that think this was not just a bad look, but LeBron basically got one foot out the door now that they've gotten rid of the It's a bad look, and I think LeBron, when he went back to Cleveland, I think he always wanted a setup where he would, whether he chose to take it or not, that it would appear or it would give him the leverage to have one foot out of the door. Because as the old adage goes, once somebody shows you who they are, believe them. And Dan Gilbert has already shown him who he is. But didn't LeBron already know who he was? He did. He did know he that. He went back but that's against he, his mother's advice. And his family. Despite comic sense, he went back and dealt exactly with this exactly why you do what LeBron did when he decided to just have this two-year deal. Then decide again. He wanted to continue to put the pressure on Dan Gilbert and the pressure on Cleveland to build around him. Even beyond that, it's just a sloppy look for the organization when you look at the bad track record that Dan Gilbert has with four GMs, never extended anybody. And here you have somebody. And look, it's not easy when you have a generational talent like LeBron James to build around it. And you're constantly, to some degree, in a panic mode to make sure that you keep him happy. Uh That's not an easy position to deal with. But David Griffin did it to the best of of practically anybody could in his spot. So, but the, I, why, you're talking like the plans on pause, though, Jamel. Like, no, no they're gonna keep they're gonna keep going. But but here, see now, it, it does remind me of the first time that LeBron was in Cleveland because now the issue becomes okay. Everybody knows LeBron has a year left. If you're a free agent, if you're somebody who's even thinking about the Cavs, you see the instability in the front office. You see the fact that LeBron could be out the door. So now the things you're almost recruiting against yourself. Because LeBron is not going to sit there and, and sign a long-term deal to make everybody else feel comfortable. He's not going to do that. So it's kind of like, okay, well, he's just there with one foot out the door. I, I don't think this pushes him 
out of Cleveland any more than maybe he was already going to leave anyway. If he's going to leave, it's going to be because he has bigger plans on the West Coast. He wants to live in L.A. His wife wants to live in L.A., depending on what you what you read. Uh, you know, he, he, he feels like he's done all he can do in Cleveland and his work there is done. He's not going to leave with all due respect because David Griffin did not get the contract that he deserved. Like, look, would it have, would it have been smart to consult LeBron or give him a, a more of a heads up? Perhaps. But the writing was on the wall in the fact that, they, that he had never signed on a dotted line, uh, David Griffith, that is, when it comes to his contract. It was up at the end of the month. He just left prematurely, okay, in terms of his contract's expiration. You already knew that that was a possibility. I don't believe that LeBron James cares who makes the moves so long as the requisite moves are made to keep him in contention for a so championship. So how can these moves, I mean, these moves can be made. Kobe Altman is still there answering the phone. Yeah. And the Paul George deal still happen? That, now, that's the only thing that could, that, could, that could tick LeBron off. If the Paul George deal or the George Butler deal could have or would have happened, if not for David Griffin not being out of a job. They lowballed him. They wouldn't give him the money. That's what, that's what it really sounds like. Mm-hmm. What, what, what escapes me is... The, uh, I saw. I forgot who it was reported. He it. was already one of the lowest paid GMs in the league. Correct. And he and look, he was done dirty by Dan Gilbert to not be able to talk to other teams about jobs and then to, those jobs to be filled. And now you're gone. But that's Dan Gilbert, though. And Le- again, LeBron knew who he was dealing with. LeBron plays for Dan. He works for Dan Gilbert, but he doesn't play and perform for Dan Gilbert. You understand what I'm saying? He, that's that's not who keeps him in Cleveland. That's not why he went back. He went back with something bigger. But ultimately. If they, if they end up making the moves that LeBron wants to make this team better, if Kobe Altman is answering the phone and they can pull off the trade, then it's kind of no harm, no foul. I mean, Chauncey Billups is out there. We'll talk about him in a second. He's tight with Tyron Lue. So what are we really talking about here when it comes to damage to LeBron? He may not have liked it, but going forward, it may turn out to be okay. No? Am, am I being naive? A little bit. I don't think so. I, we'll, I, look, he may have wanted him there, but if they if they get the players to help, help contend, it's all good, right? Uh, it is, and I guess it's a matter of whether or not they can get those it's players. It's a dirty world, but it's still spinning. You mentioned Chauncey, so according to reports, our own Chauncey Billups is the front runner to take over as the Cleveland's president of basketball operations. Now, Billups doesn't have front office experience, but it's thought to be a target because he is close to both Gilbert and Ty Lue as well as being or having a great reputation around the NBA. Now, Brian Windhorst reported that Billups and Gilbert will meet today. The speculation is that if Billups is hired, he would bring in a general manager with considerable front office experience. There you go. Um, There you go. I don't know why Chauncey would even want this job. And I'm not just saying that because he works at ESPN, and obviously I like him as an analyst. Because Dan Gilbert? Yeah, because of Dan Gilbert. Again, when they show you who you are, believe them. Or, as Prodigy once said, ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. So if he signed him to a contract, is that contract guaranteed? Uh, it's not about the money sometimes. You though, think Mike. he has a spot waiting for him at ESPN? Of course, but it's not about that. If it, look, Chauncey has, was rumored to uh, have interviewed for the Atlanta job, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is an interest of his. Um, I am just curious, given all the pressure that comes with this job and the person that you are ultimately working for in Dan Gilbert, what this means if things don't go out there in terms of his career going forward. He's somebody that doesn't have GM experience already, okay. as it is. Okay. So you, if you put yourself in a bad spot with a guy whose management experience is less than desirable, then you have to not have to think about this job, 
but think about the ones that you have going forward. So if everybody knows Dan Gilbert's reputation vis-a-vis general managers. How you jam David Griffin, not even letting him interview with other other teams? But not that he's free. Some smart team may hire David Griffin and give him the money that he has long deserved for the job that he got little to no credit for. I completely disagree about Chauncey if we give him free, a nickel's worth of free career advice. Chauncey Billups, if he goes to Cleveland and fails, relatively speaking, because how how much will you fail if and LeBron realize with LeBron, on the team? that margin of error is not a lot. We'll take him back. I'll, I'll speak for oh, John Skipper and say we'll take him back on countdown. Yeah, or, you sure. know what? Chauncey will be Chauncey gonna be all right if, if it doesn't work out in Cleveland. Ultimately, it's a you want that experience. You and, and look, there are you so want many the experience worse, of working for somebody who you know you know is a bad boss. That, that job has complications to it. To put not, it lightly. like that's not, that's not even putting it. Dan Gilbert's either there sometime or, or he's too much in your business. In your business right. He's sending out emails. And that the only thing you can do is get owners. blamed when it doesn't go right. Ask okay. David Black. And you get fired. <laughs> Ask David have, Griffin. You, have, you get fired and you have your guaranteed contract and you have your TV job waiting for you with the experience Nobody in your back pocket. Nobody wants to hear that though, Mike. It's there like, are worse jobs than going to general manage LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Love for the time being and maybe being the person that, that closed the deal on the trade for Jimmy Butler or Paul George. The thing that tripped me out was the uh, the report that there was a difference in the vision for the franchise's future. The future is now in Cleveland, and everybody knows that. So if you're all on that same page, you got a relationship with Ty Lue, mm-hmm. and you don't think LeBron would be okay with Chauncey Billups in a working relationship with him and whoever he brings him. in. Yeah. So I think it's a good look for Chauncey, and ultimately, Dan Gilbert – he saved face by LeBron coming back. Maybe he ends up saving face if the right GM comes in and makes the right moves and they're contending again next year. We got some breaking news, I'm told. Apparently, we do have some breaking news involving Timofey Mozgov, a, a trade. What has happened, everybody? <laughs> All right, there you go. I was waiting on this to crank up. All right, so it is. The Lakers have traded Timofey Mozgov and who? D'Angelo, and D'Angelo Russell, Russell to the Nets. To the Nets. Brooke Lopez. And the 27th pick. Oh. oh. All right. So it's okay. the Lakers now have two 27 and 28. Right. They we got know rid they of Mozgov's contract. Round pick. Got rid of D'Angelo Russell, which probably means Le- Alonzo, Alonzo Ball. Ball is your show, in. baby. <laughs> and Brooke Lopez? Kind of cooking with gas right Not there. Bad. That's a good little trade. Not bad. That's, now, see, that's Not the bad. trade we should be talking about. Forget this Paul George stuff. Do not cave to Indiana for Paul George. That's a good trade, Magic Johnson, Rob Palenka. That's a good trade right there. So they got rid of that awful contract. Right. They now have the, – there were always rumors or reports that they wanted a third first-round pick. So now they have three first-rounders to play with. They moved D'Angelo Russell, so no drama there. And getting Brook Lopez back from Brooklyn? That's pretty good. Timeout. He's got one year left on his contract. I get that. I thought Brooklyn was done making stupid trades. <laughs> I thought we, I thought, I thought it went, I'm sorry. Like, I'm just processing Brooklyn this in real time. Brooklyn is destined to help everybody like thought, else win a title and get back Boston. on their feet. Yeah, I was like, okay. All right, so you take, okay. I guess. Yeah. I guess Brooklyn. Sure. <laughs> sure. I, I, I mean, you know, why, why yeah, let's yeah. help another team if, get better. If there was ever a team that needed to be uh, contracted, it would, it would be them. But the, now that this means that Lonzo Ball is probably for sure Laker, interesting, because they said – Given his ability, he'd be a much better fit. That it, There was no way him and D'Angelo Russell didn't see that as an ideal backcourt together. So it appears the Chicago Bulls are now actively, underline that word, actively shopping Jimmy Butler prior, of course, to the NBA draft. Apparently, Jimmy Butler, too, according to reports, is trying to kind of push his way uh, to Cleveland. Now, all this is bubbling as some other interesting news also developed. Kyrie Irving apparently calling all his USA teammates saying that uh, he is ready or perhaps willing to push 
for a trade, depending on what happens with the Cavs and if, of course, LeBron James opts out next season. A league exec, as you see, said it's either Boston or Cleveland. In terms of Jimmy Butler, that's where he is going. So they're shopping Jimmy Butler now, mm-hmm. huh? So the interesting thing, Vinny Goodwill's article that we're talking about with uh, CNC in Chicago, he said that the Celtics, they rebuffed the number three pick for Jimmy Butler, which that, that's what stood out to me. That surprised me. Surprised me because if you're Boston and they're shopping him and they're willing to take three this year, you just said we were cool with not picking first overall because we'd have picked the same player at three. You've taken either the Lakers slash Kings pick and you have still the Nets number one pick next year. It's like, why wouldn't you flip that for Jimmy Butler and, now? And this is and I've, been, I've been one of those patient people when it comes to Danny Ainge. But sometimes you can be a little too choosy. It's like I, I feel like, you know, they're out there dating and they're just like, nah, her credit, it could be 720 instead of uh, 710. You know, it's like at some point you have to make a move. And as, as you're, you're right, Mike, given the fact that you have this Lakers pick looming, so you protected yourself already you know what the makeup of the team is right now. You, are, you have been holding out in this position to get somebody exactly like Jimmy Butler who fits seamlessly into your team and helps you take another step. So I, I don't get it either. And, and look, to me, it's the fact that the Bulls are actively shopping them. Mm-hmm. And even before that report that Vinny uh, came out with, before that emerged, the fact that he seemed to be um, kind of willing to push the front office to trade him, that he's ready to get out of there too go to Cleveland, go to Boston, and put himself in a winning situation finally. No, that, that's fascinating. Like, I, it feels like Chicago needs to quit spinning his wheels and just get what it can. Right, and just commit to Bar- blowing it up. Just commit to blowing it up, you know what I mean? Like, this, this, this three alpha dog thing that they try, it's, that's, that's not going to work. We're, with Rondo, Wade, and we'll see whether he opts in or not, and Butler, that just doesn't seem like it's going to get them anywhere. So Cleveland or Boston, if, either one of those would be lit. So if you're yeah. Boston, you've got to, you got to make that move now. If, oh. if it's, if, even if you've got to give them the Lakers or Kings pick. Yeah. Give them that one, which doesn't look as good given this, this trade that they just made today. You know, maybe, that's, maybe that one ends up being Sacramento's King, the Kings, Sacramento Kings pick the next year. So, mm. All right, according to multiple reports, the Knicks, they fielded calls in recent days from teams interested in trading for Kristaps Porzingis. Teams in touch with the Knicks recently. They tell ESPN that New York has not ruled out the possibility of trading Porzingis Although one club said it came away with the impression that the price tag for the star forward was extremely high. I'm going to say something that has rarely ever been said in recent memory about the New York Knicks. This is smart. It's smart. I'm sorry. So, again, unlike Chicago. Everybody else trying to move and position themselves and make themselves better. The Knicks like, no, no, wait a second. Let's just, let's just bring this all the way back to Clownville, as we often do. So it, it's because it's the Knicks, and I get no, it. No, it's because the it's Knicks. dumb, Mike. Well, those are usually one and the same. (laughs) Because it's Phil, and by extension, James Dolan, because it's the Knicks, the Knicks have been so bad when it comes to management or mismanagement, as the case may be, until they made it impossible for people to objectively look at what they're doing or considering doing and look at it for what it is, which is actually smart. That's why. Well, but ultimately, if some, like, it's not like they're saying, hey, we're giving Chris Dapps Porzingis away. Unlike Jimmy Butler with the Bulls, reportedly, I don't think it doesn't sound like Phil is calling people up saying, hey, what do you give us for Porzingis? Anybody can be had for the right price. So if Boston is saying, we'll give, you three, yes. we'll give you three this year and then we'll give you the Lakers slash Kings pick 
and Marcus Smart. I'm just just spitballing here. They say they'll do that. Maybe it's it might be in the Knicks' best interest to liquidate the one asset that they have because that one player they struggle to build around him. You need numbers. You need you need more lottery tickets than just Chris Stapp's Porzingis. So it's okay to listen. There was one radio guy in Phoenix. I don't know how how real this report is, but one radio guy in Phoenix said that the Knicks asked for Devin Booker in the fourth pick. That's a high price. Even for Porzingis. So if that's where they're coming from, it's okay to listen, is it not? It's okay to listen, um, but it's hard to divorce what they're trying to do versus who's the one doing it. The whole point of the rebuild was to build around a player like Chris Stapps Porzingis, somebody who's young, who uh, you can seamlessly meld with other talent. The mellow, I mean, we know the mellow era is over with. That was the whole point. And so it just would feel ridiculous to me that two years in that you're blowing it up again based off the fact that you messed it up the last two years. That's not on Chris Tapp Porzingis. That's on Phil Jackson. But I don't, think they're blow- I don't think they're looking to get rid of him. I think there's a difference, though. There's a subtle difference. It's one thing if they're saying, hey, we've got to trade him. But this time of year is just due diligence. This is, to me, this is due diligence that we found out about. I don't know of why the, people the, are calling the due on diligence should, should start there. Well, who else would it start with? Who else would it? It needs to start with Phil Jackson, honestly. No, no, no. I'm saying if somebody's calling the Knicks, who are they calling about? Well, obviously they're calling about Porzingis, but what I'm saying is if you're trying to establish a plan, the plan should not be to get rid of the one young, talented player Nobody that you said have. that's the plan. Nobody said that's the plan. That shouldn't even be a Jamal, part. Look, that I don't want to sell my notebook. house. I don't want to sell my car. I don't want to relinquish my job. But I'll listen if somebody knocks on my door and will, will overpay for my house to where I can flip it and buy two houses. <laughs> Okay, and get a, a summer house in the Hamptons or, or wherever, then I'll listen. I love my car. I love my car. I, <laughs> but, but if somebody wants to overpay for it, I'll listen. Chris, I love Chris. Look, who, wait, I know you're not preaching to me about the, 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 the qualities of the person. That's my guy. Right. But if you love Josh Jackson enough to where you can get to three, let's say Boston did it. You can get to three and get Josh Jackson. You can get this kid, uh, Laurie Markkinen, out of Arizona at eight and have another lottery pick next year. You need more picks even if it's to blow them, <laughs> even if it's to blow them. And I get that we're talking about the Knicks, but you need more picks. So I get the logic. Maybe it's the fantasy football GM in me. All right, the Lakers in the process of trading Timothy Mozgov and D'Angelo Russell, former number two overall pick, to the Nets for Brooke Lopez and the 27th pick in this upcoming draft. Look, it might be a win-win. I clowned the Nets earlier. I like D. Russell. Like, it feels like the Lakers are getting a better end of oh, this. They got the second, 27th, and 28th picks now. All right. Uh, we're going to go one and done. We got a lot going on in the NBA. We're going to go one and done with a trio Ooh. of our NBA insiders. Uh, Ramona Shelburne, Dave McMenamin, Ian Begley. Let's start with Ramona, who took a break from working two phones and Twitter all at the same time. <laughs> uh, Ramona, we, we just saw the trade. Uh, what's your reaction to this deal from, from mm-hmm. the Lakers' perspective in particular? Well, listen, those t- the, mo- the contract for Timothy Mozgov and Luol Dang were some of the worst in the NBA and that was going to handicap the Lakers for the next four years as they tried to reshape that roster. They got one off the books, right? And I think this whole deal is really about creating cap space for next summer. This gets the Lakers to a spot where they can have close to $60 million in cap space. That gives you almost, almost room for two max free agents. And so I think the, the motivation for this is clear. Now, it cost them a lot. D'Angelo Russell, you might be selling low on a kid who you drafted number two overall and had a lot of promise in the eyes of some people. But to get rid of a contract that was going to be an albatross around your neck for the next four years plus, 
They still do have that number two pick in the draft, guys. Yeah. So, you know, they can get a new point guard and if it, they want. And in fairness, from the Nets' perspective, everybody, they probably got a, not probably, definitely got a better player in D'Angelo Russell than they would have for the 27th pick, yeah. most likely. You're probably right about that. All right, Ian Begley. Explain this to me like I'm a five-year-old. What the hell are the Knicks doing with Chris Stapp Porzingis? Is this just due diligence, or is, or do they really want to move what I think is their best asset? I think it might be a little bit of both, Jamel. You know, they are taking calls, and they've gotten some significant offers from teams that are ahead of them in the 2017 draft. But I'm told it's going to take a monstrous offer for them to start to consider moving Chris Stapps out of New York. But... The fact that we are where we are with this thing that the Knicks are even considering, trading Kristaps Porzingis just tells you all you need to know about the icy relationship between the organization and its young star. He skipped out on the exit meeting with Phil Jackson, as we all know, and I'm told there has been no communication between Porzingis and the Knicks since he missed that exit meeting. You know, Jeff Hornacek, the Knicks coach, sent him a text message. I don't think that text message was returned. So that, that tells you where we are with Chris Stapps and the Knicks. I don't think the Knicks will trade him, but the idea that they're listening to the offers is pretty significant to me. And that, Ian Begley and Jamel Hill, that's the Nick, the Knicks nicking right there. Right. Chris Put Stapps those probably blocked that calls number. on hold <laughs> and call Chris Stapps Porzingis and kiss his butt or whatever needs to be done to make him happy. Dave McMenamin, all right, so the Cavs and GM David Griffin parted ways. The way that it was handled, we were talking about this earlier, Dave, is LeBron now one step closer to leaving, or is he just worried about the moves being made and Dan Gilbert sparing no expense regardless of who's making the moves? LeBron didn't come back to Cleveland because of who they had at the owner, the coach, or the GM, and he's not going to leave Cleveland because of who they have at the Thank owner, you. the coach, or the GM. It's all about the connection to his fans in Northeast Ohio, but winning. And winning's the most important thing here. So if whoever comes in, whether it's ESPN's own Chauncey Billup to take over the reins here and gets them back to a finals level, perhaps gets them back to a championship level, that's the biggest thing that will keep LeBron James in the wine and gold. Anything less, and certainly any sort of regression or a regression that seems connected to the bad timing of this GM move, that would be the thing that would signal perhaps he starts looking elsewhere than Cleveland. All right. What it done. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for the knowledge. Get back to the phones. Y'all not working hard enough. No, we're kidding. Appreciate all the breaking news you guys are providing. We'll talk to you soon. All right. How many times do you see a consultant with an introductory press conference? Well, when you're as respected as Jerry West, that's what happens. He was introduced by the Clippers yesterday. And from the sounds of it, West is eager to take the Clippers to the next level, maybe even get LeBron James. I think they know what they need to do. I think they have a very clear idea. I'm going to spend the next the rest of this week and next week trying to find out where they're trying to go. And um, we've had some discussions about it, but I think very definitely uh, they want to protect their assets. Change is terrible. It is absolutely terrible. Sometimes it's necessary, but it's terrible. I like continuity of people I work with. I do know that. Well, a big reason, uh, as I mentioned, that West was brought back was to recruit LeBron James. First, of course, he has to sign LeBron's friend, Chris Paul. But is having the logo there now enough to maybe lure LeBron? This question and and these conversations, this story, it it feels disrespectful to Jerry West. And I get they have a relationship. I get LeBron's a big fan of West. I get he's read his autobiography and and they've talked, you know, behind the scenes and the other. 
But I think he brings a little bit more to the table than his friendship with LeBron James. Like, he's one of the best executives, not just one of the best players in NBA history, but one of the best executives in NBA history. And to add him to a front office that has made some questionable moves under Doc Rivers' stewardship, that is a big win, even if LeBron doesn't consider L.A. because of Jerry West. If he doesn't ultimately come, you still got Jerry West. He's not with the Lakers. He's with the Clippers. He gives your organization credibility. I don't mean to disrespect this man by saying this, but this feels very Nick. This feels very Nets-ish circa 2010 when the connection to Jay-Z was oh, going to yeah. get the Nets LeBron James. <laughs> now, I know it's not the same thing. Obviously, Jay-Z wasn't in the front office, right. but he was a part owner at the time of the Nets. It's like, oh, LeBron's going to the Nets because he's boys with Jay-Z. If LeBron goes to the Clippers, it's going to be because in the short term, they give him a chance to contend in the Western Conference, not just in the finals, but in the Western Conference with Golden State, whether that's with Chris Paul or anybody else. It's not going to be because he loves Jerry West so much. Sure, he'll respect him and trust him, but given the position that the Clippers are in or will be in a year from now, can Jerry West work the magic necessary to put a contender around LeBron? There are other people in the league that LeBron respects too yeah. that he may go and sign with because he respects them, not just Jerry West. But Jerry West is a good get regardless of whether or not the Clippers get LeBron James as well. Well, I think to some degree, like you mentioned the Jay-Z con- uh, connection, uh, maybe to some degree this was uh, more, or some people in their minds were thinking this was like Phil Jackson. When he first came there, granted it was to run an organization, but I think people had it in their minds that he's just going to lay the rings down on like the Pat table. Ryan. Yeah, and just lay them down on the table, and then everybody was going to come, and because right. it's Phil Jackson. I think if, if, if the icing on the cake is the fact that he has a good relationship with LeBron, that LeBron respects him and trusts him, mm-hmm. and not only appreciates him as a player, but what he's done in this league as an executive, that's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. It doesn't hurt. No, I, I don't. And, and granted, if you're a Clipper fan, you can't see this as, oh, because we have Jerry West, that means that we're getting LeBron James. No, it means that you have somebody else in your organization who's a respected voice in this league, right. who knows what it looks like, right. who can help you build a team. And that in itself is the win. But I will say this, if you're LeBron James and Cleveland doesn't make the moves, that you feel like will continue to have you compete for a championship. Here you have this organization that has stability, has Doc Rivers, has Chris Paul, maybe. Um, Times have changed. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) The Clippers. Right, the Clippers now being held up as a model of stability, right? Uh, What world is this? So, And if the reports are true that your wife wants to live in L.A., you already have your production company and everything already out there, then okay, then it, all the Clippers can do is put themselves in the best possible position. So on a lot of levels, having Jerry West there yeah, made I, a whole lot of sense. Just, I just need a more a, a better plan than oh, we'll get LeBron in 2018. Well, if that's the case, that's 29. That's, tw- that's 28 other yeah, teams. Yeah, it, it has to be. More that's than not a that. plan. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, that's a connection and it helps, but you can't rely on that's it. That's more of a wish. Having right? Jerry West winning in and of itself. All right, with two nights from the next step in the process, and this becoming a reality for Philadelphia. Here's the process himself. I thought the trade was uh, was great. Uh, you know, we uh, there's a couple of guys that have uh, the talent to be uh, great players uh, in this draft and in the league. It's gonna be exciting, but I love the move and uh, hopefully now is our time to like just need to play together and uh, obviously uh, my expectations for next year to make the playoffs. And but we're so young. So we were in the process of putting the show together this afternoon. And somebody mentioned whether or not the Cavaliers should entertain the idea of trading LeBron. And then, we, you know, our show producers a huge Sixers fan. And then we came up, well, would you rather have LeBron? Would you trade the entire Sixers young core, uh, you know, Embiid, 
Simmons and now Markel Fultz for LeBron. So I, I said, I'd rather have the Sixers young core. And I said, he's crazy. <laughs> well, that, what else is new, What right? else is new? But right. I would rather, look, if you're talking about, and Paul Pierce tweeted earlier about people you want to build a team around. I know he's been hurt. But if you're starting a, a team with a young player, it's MB. Ben Simmons, I know he can't shoot, but. We don't know what he is yet. Well, we but he was projected to be LeBron-ish when it right. comes to his passing ability. And you're getting Markel Fultz, the consensus best player in this draft. He's only 19, but his mind is old. You know, so I mean, like I, you got, I would rather take their long-term potential than LeBron right now. That's how high I think of, of, of the Sixers core and what they got building in Philadelphia. Nah, Fight me on this, oh, but not look. really. Don't add me. <laughs> don't add you. Don't debate you. Um, no, uh, look, I, the worst finals I ever covered was LeBron's first one. When he uh, lost, they got mollywhopped by the Spurs. He took Booby Gibson, Larry Hughes, um, I can't even remember but who else was on it. Now. My point is that you don't need a lot around LeBron. You can take all that core. Give me the rest of what's left on the Sixers and LeBron, and I'm telling you, we in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's all I'm saying. You, you, even at 32 years old, the answer is still LeBron. You don't have to trust the process, but you need to respect the process. Like I respect Joel, Joel the Embiid, process. the little you've seen of Joel I love Embiid, him. I'm the little we've seen of Embiid, he may be but a I, transcendent big man. And then you add Ben Simmons to this. I, again, I know we haven't seen him you, play. You wait on He's the transcendency. Be, I'll be in the finals, okay? I'll be in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'll take LeBron right now the and Sixers be fine. will be in the Eastern Conference Finals and the NBA Finals. Uh, like, you talking about right now? No, I'm talking, give me right the, now? I'm talking about five years from now, uh, seven years from now. Yeah, seven I, see, years from I now. Think long term. Okay. I think long-term. I think long-term on this. Might crack a smile, but ain't a damn thing funny. If Nick Saban wore a prodigy lyric, that would be him. Uh, according to Alabama radio host Phil Savage in his new book, rather, Saban chewed out Lane Kiffin during the Western Kentucky game last season. Because following a fumble, Kiffin said over the headset, dumb players make dumb plays. And Saban clapped back with no dumb offensive coordinators called dumb plays. Bing. How they last as long as they did. But I'm, mi- I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss this. Stories. Just Every saying. time I say something dumb from now on, can I blame everybody else? <laughs> like, I didn't say it. They told me to say it. <laughs> no, but it's, it's just now that we hear the full breath of this story is just as good as I would have imagined. Conor McGregor posting photos of him training in front of Pete the Mural. That mural is of him knocking out Floyd Mayweather. And that is the closest as he's going to come I was gonna to knocking say, down Floyd Mayweather. So you gotta visualize though, it, Mike. Well, even though Floyd Mayweather is, you know, a defensive fighter, a defensive technician, Conor McGregor is dreaming if he thinks he's gonna, he gonna knock him in his face and stab his brain with his nose bone. Like, he... Come on, give, give it up, give it up, give it up, give it up. Oh, give it up. One, Come on now, one. we got more. Yeah, we got <laughs> no, another on, one. man. Like, look, we going. You know we going. You're coming with. Yes. We're going. You can finally go to Vegas. Wake up with a tiger and a baby. It'll be awesome. And sing Doug at the piano. I'm, I'm here for this. <laughs> That's right, though. It's all about the circus. All right, while Texas State University incoming freshman Avery Lalani was at her orientation, Mama made some new friends, members of the Bobcats football team. They were shirtless. Look, Mama got to have a life, too. Just saying. <laughs> Before she was I your wish, mama. I, I wish I would have said what Jody said. Then. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I to say that to you. Because that's what I was thinking. No, nah, man. Drinking up all the Kool-Aid, fixing breakfast. Look, let oh, mama flourish. No, no. Mama needs to live. That would not be my mama. You, first of all, you can't circles. tell your mom. Talking about circles. Around and around. <laughs> nah, y'all, people are trying to sleep. <laughs>
I love me Make a baby boy sequel, please, John Singleton. That could not be my mama. I would not have posted it and celebrated. Tell your mama anything. Uh, uh, two high school basketball coaches in Oklahoma have been fired after using the team bus to make a beer run while the team was at an out-of-town camp. The convenience store clerk reported the coaches who left the team at the hotel to make the run. Would you tweet? Got to hear both sides. <laughs> when there's beer to be had, sometimes you look. What what did they say in the church? Make a way out of no way? <laughs> Come on, man. Put the school bus. Come on, man. What? Like, if I'm a parent, I'm not pleased with this. They just took the bus. They just borrowed transportation. Oh, okay, that's the only time they maybe were they, drinking. Maybe they didn't that's have the only Uber. Time they were maybe okay. they didn't have Uber. Uh-huh. You know? Uh, Ryan Holt Murphy and Marie Packer were married on June 17th in Chicago. Now, Holt Murphy, who grew up a diehard Packer fan, he took his wife's last name. Oh, because her last name is Packer. Makes sense, right? Other than a no-brainer. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. And look, I think it, that just only made made it known that it was more, it was meant to be. You're a Packers fan, you meet a, a lady whose last name is Packer. I think this is next level. Like, they got people who are, you know, who are buried or cremated or they, or they have their ashes spread on the field or they're buried in a uniform. Like, that's dedication. This is better. This is like, hey, I'm going to take her name. That's how dedicated I am. And this is how dedicated we are to doing too much. We got to talk to these people, interrupt their honeymoon and everything. Because news never waits, we decided to interrupt Ryan and Marie Packer on their honeymoon in Turks and Caicos to get to the bottom of this story. Ryan, let me start with you. When did you decide that you were going to take Marie's last name as your own? You know, I don't know that it actually ever really was a decision. I think... As soon as I found out that, that her last name was Packer, and I mean, when I first met her, I, I thought she was just messing with me because she knew that I'm, uh, you know, she'd heard that I was a big Packer fan. But, I mean, to me, it was just inevitable. I always knew she was the one, and I always knew I was going to take her name. So uh, I don't think, that, at least on my end, there wasn't much of a decision. Now, you obviously outkicked your coverage, Ryan, or your friends, your guy friends. Are they more judgmental or jealous because you got the last name Packer? <laughs> I think it's mostly jealous. Um, and, uh, you know, I've always wanted to be a Packer, and, and here we are. Marie, uh, be honest. Do you think if your last name was Ditka that you guys wouldn't be where you are right now? <laughs> um, that is a good question. I think it would have been, I think there would have had to be some conversation. Some um, compromising yeah. is what I, I think. Let's just say I would still love her as much, but um, I think I'd probably be sticking with Holton Murphy. All right, last question before we let you two lovebirds go. Uh, Marie, obviously Ryan has not been able to convince you to name your first child either Nitschke or Fuzzy, but how about Aaron or Brett? Is that a possibility? Yes. 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 <laughs> Awesome story, guys. Well, enjoy the rest of your honeymoon, and uh, check back with us when you got a bunch of kids named after Packers. Look at look at them too. Oh, look at this. So Twenty seventeen jerseys. Love is in the air in Turks and Caicos. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good one. Go back, go. Yeah, Jamal, we got to stay up late tonight and watch the Dodgers. Watch Cody Bellinger in particular. Two more home runs against the Mets last night. Fastest ever to hit twenty-one home runs. He did it in fifty-one career games. Again, that game tonight on ESPN. Got to see him in the home run derby, along with Aaron Judge, Ooh. who's been invited and is still deciding on whether to commit. Please commit. I hate you the home run derby, but it. I would watch it for Bellinger and Judge. You hate the home run derby? I can't stand home run derby. What? You know what I love, though? The Globetrotters draft. They pick Gal Gadot. <laughs> That's all you need. I'm in. That team wins. The I, would, I, would, I would take Gal Gadot over LeBron.
Can you believe she only got paid $300,000 for Wonder Woman? I still haven't seen that yet. The Generals drafted LeVar Ball with their first pick. Oh, I, I would take Gal Gadot over LeVar Ball in the, in the post. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we call it a day, let's tell the people who had a good day. All right, it's a good day for Tiger Woods. He announced on Twitter that he is seeking professional help to deal with issues he has with medication and problems he has managing his pain and sleeping. His agent told ESPN that his client is receiving inpatient treatment way to get help. Yeah, who cares about golf? It's about his personal life. Uh, for me, shout out to the Waves, Dwayne, Gabrielle, their son. They're on a European vacation. Meanwhile, he told the Bulls today that he is picking up that $24 million I bet option. he is. Man. <laughs> I'm sure he's monitoring this Jimmy Butler situation to see if he's still his teammate. That's it for SportsCenter. More SportsCenter on ESPN News. Stay tuned for the College World Series. We'll see you tomorrow. That's right. I still take the process over LeBron, of course.